but we're aware it's the foundation for all that we do and all that we are. Uh, as a church, we, we're a church that seeks to bring life to Balaam and beyond. And as we grow up, uh, we're beginning to understand that the kingdom of God is an expansive kingdom. It's, it's on the move. And it's, it's not just something for Balaam, but it's for our city. It's not just for our city, but it's for our nation. It's, it's not just for our nation, but it's for the nations of the earth. And we feel like God has given us a big vision, not just for Balaam, but for London. And we need to press and uh, almost have faith to move. The Bible talks about faith to move mountains. We need to be inspired as a church to pray. Uh, along with this big vision that we feel God's given us, we need to have big prayers. And as a church, uh, if you've been around us for a couple of weeks, a couple of years, we, uh, we will know that we're high on activity, high on programs. We want to have a strong community dynamic uh, in mission. We're seeking, we're trying to be innovative. And as we contextualize the gospel for 21st century London life, but we're, bec we're becoming more aware, as we do all programs, as we do Thanksgiving parties and socials and all kinds of things, we're becoming aware that we're really weak on prayer. And if I'm honest, in my own prayer life, um, in my own personal life as a leader, that I was and am weak on prayer. Um, I'm an activist, I'm a kind of an entrepreneur, so I like activity, I'm very pragmatic, I like to be doing stuff. I have a thousand thoughts in my mind or activities. Uh, to be honest, sitting in silence uh, doesn't work well for me. Um, I do try it and I really struggle. I do try um, all kinds of silent prayers. I don't like solitude. Uh, I have to have things on the go. Uh, so that aspect of my prayer life is very weak. And the, but the more I read the Bible, the more I enter the vision that God has, has given, given me and given us, the more I see in the scriptures this pull and this need and this necessity to pray. And many of us in the room are facing all kinds of situations. And we need to pray. We need to pray now. So uh, this talk is dedicated to anyone who struggles to pray, anyone who forgets to pray, this talk is dedicated to you if you get bored when you pray. Um, or, or anyone here who wishes you could pray like a prophet uh, and wishes that you would have words that just flow out of your mouth. Uh, and Originally I put that you, this is dedicated for anyone who wishes they were more like a prophet and less like a muppet. <laughs> but I scratched that out. Um, um, if, uh, but if there was one subject that you would want Jesus Christ to be teacher of, many of us are teachers, lecturers here, uh, I wonder what the class that Jesus would specialise in. What, um, what subject did he give his subjects? What subjects did his, uh, sorry, what subjects did his disciples ask to be taught? You see, the disciples, they walked with him they were given day by day, night by night access. They had this front row seat. They had this front row seat. Uh, they, they were with Jesus for three and a half years. I wonder what it would be like to have this up close personal touch point every day with Jesus. 
Can you imagine seeing God in the flesh every day? And they experience the heights of his glory to the minute details of his life. They got to hear his messages. They watched Jesus open his mouth and drop the Sermon on the Mount. Can you imagine being there? For that 10-minute sermon, which is probably what it was. But it has changed and challenges the world still today. Oh, to hear this man talk of, of God. He talked about the kingdom. Uh, to hear this man, Jesus, talk uh, with profound, deep truths, at the same time with simplicity, and yet complexity, all at the same time. These disciples, they witnessed every miracle. They watched every blind eye open, every ear pop, every lame person walk, every dead person rise. They would have had, imagine they would have had campfires late at night. I wonder what they would have talked about during the day. They'd seen miracles all day. I wonder what those campfire conversations were like. They got to see every deliverance, uh, every uh, time Jesus cast, it out, cast out a spirit, just with a word, and he just set the demonized free in their right mind straight away. Wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing to see that? Every one of these aspects of, of Jesus' life is worthy of discussion and thought. Yet, his disciples, it wasn't his preaching, it wasn't his miracles, it wasn't his deliverances that the disciples asked to be taught. Uh, it's interesting that the disciples, as they spent time with Jesus, the only recorded time that they asked their rabbi to teach them explicitly um, was how do we pray? How to pray? And they wanted his prayer life. Jesus, we've seen you up and close. They connected the dot to this rabbi and knew that Jesus' public life of ministry was the result of his private life of prayer. The Gospels, it often states that Jesus, he often withdrew um, and prayed. So the disciples saw it. It wasn't just a side part of his life. It was the very mo bone, marrow, and DNA of his life. It wasn't just the salt on the meat. It was the meal itself. It was the meat itself. Not only did he teach on prayer, but he prayed. Can you imagine watching God pray? <laughs> they watched him pray. Watch God, the Son of God, talk to the Father. And Jesus, he only did what the Father was doing. They saw, they saw this man Jesus and his vulnerability, the intensity that came out of him in prayer. God the Son chose to empty himself of his divine privilege and throne himself fully at the Father's mercy. So Jesus would say, I only do what I see the Father doing. The, and so the disciples saw it and they wanted to find out his source. What was, the, what was the skill and the simple life of prayer? I was thinking this morning about it and that Jesus' power came from the, his prayer life. The source of Jesus' power came from his prayer life. And I, I believe that, uh, that Jesus is inviting us as individuals. 
but also as a church to, to, to teach us. Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And so as we humbly take some small steps, uh, I believe that Jesus will always respond with great passion. Richard Raw, the, the great Franciscan, says, when the church is no longer teaching people how to pray, we could almost say that it will have lost its reason for existence. Uh, and he goes on and he says, prayer is, he says, it's the ultimate empowerment of the people of God. The ultimate empowerment of the people of God. On, on Friday, a couple of days ago, I received a call from a lady who'd received some prayer from our healing streets that we do every fortnight. And she uh, picked up the church phone and uh, she thanked us for the prayer that she'd received. And she asked whether we could meet that day. Uh, I told her, unfortunately, there was no one around. It's meant to be my day off. Um, and so I couldn't really meet her. But I said to her, um, we can pray over the phone. And she had her sister with her who'd just arrived from Dubai, uh, who was an air hostess. And her, she told her sister about the miracle that God did for her. And uh, she, wanted to, uh, she wanted to receive prayer. So I tried to explain that we don't need to be physically present to pray. I explained that when Jesus, he would often pray for people and they weren't present. He would pray for uh, the sick people or dead people and they would rise and they'd be healed. Um, so she was leaving Friday evening and uh, I asked her, what would you like prayer for? What would you like Jesus to do for you? And she was a Muslim lady. And she said, I would, like, um, I would like a promotion in my job and I'd like a husband. Um, it was slightly awkward because I'd just come out of the bath <laughs> and I just sat with my dressing gown on and praying for this woman for, to get a husband. And she said, and I, because I wanted, what I'm learning, uh, we've been praying for people for, for years and years and years. And just like Viv was saying, it's a skill. Uh, and so as we pray for people who, who have no faith, we are learning how to pray for them. And, and I want people to also engage with the prayer. So I said to her, would you put your hand on your heart? And she said to me, which hand? I, I'm always tempted to say the left hand because it just looks a bit weird. Just everyone do that. Just put your left hand on your heart. Just always looks a bit weird, doesn't it? We always put our right, you know, I pledge allegiance. I, I was tempted to say your left hand just to, but I said, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And so I prayed my best prayer and I prayed uh, just for the peace that she was, need, she was wanting. And I, and I told her, and I, as I prayed, I spoke to her about the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who could give her the peace that she's always been looking for. And I said, just how, what do you feel? What do you feel in your heart? And then I prayed a prayer that she would find uh, true love from Jesus. That her quest for love would be, found, would be found in Jesus. And so this lady, she travels all over the world. And that she may know the Prince of Peace wherever she goes. But also I said, you know what? You can carry this peace with you. As a church, we've said we want to bring life to Balaam and beyond. And so we've gone, Wow. She's now carrying God's... She's, it's possible that she can carry God's peace wherever she is, all over the world. And so she was moved and inspired. She wanted to find out, can we Skype prayers? And I said, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so uh, we said our sort of pleasantries, and then she hung up the f we hung up, hung up the phone. About five minutes later, the the sister who originally called phoned me back, and she said, "I really would like prayer. I'd really like prayer. When can I come and see the church?" And I said, "Well, we've got a job club on Monday. Come along to job club, and I'll get some of, some of our team to come and pray for you." And so she, anyone who comes to the job club to help, you may be asked to pray for this lady. But it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a, a real, real privilege. Um, as I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks, thinking about today, the last couple of weeks, um, I've been thinking about how God, what he's doing here is for us to be sent to London and beyond and into the nations. And so for me, that was a real confirmation of what God wanted to do uh, today. Um, a few weeks ago, um, they've talked about the developing the skill of prayer, and I think there might be a slide, maybe a slide. Um, and so in, in Luke 11, it, it says this. Uh, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples says, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to him, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me those three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come and I've no food to offer him. And suppose the, ins the, uh, the one inside answers, don't bother him. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though you will not get up and give, uh, give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless uh, hard word, <laughs> audacity, audacity, <laughs> he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Uh, which of you fathers, if your sons ask for four of fish, will give him a snake instead? <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's a, it's a new type of fish. <laughs> We, we're wanting to ask Jesus to teach us how to pray. And we respond to this Father. We pray to this Father who knows how to give us good gifts. We pray to the Father that wants to, to lavish his kindness on us. Uh, and so two, two weeks ago, Viv, Viv talked about developing the skill of prayer. And she said these four statements. Show up. Look up. Shut up. Speak up. And I, I wanted to give you some of these four skills as I've learned how to enjoy, enjoy prayer. So what's your greatest struggle in prayer right now? Uh, I was thinking about this. Just whether you're a new, new follower of Jesus, you might be intimidated by praying. You may see or hear the prophets, the people who know how to pray. 
they've been following Jesus for years and you question your faith or your confidence, your, your fear about speaking in, uh, praying out loud. Or it might be there's an individual here, you're currently feeling guilty as you realise it's been days, weeks, months since you privately gazed up to your father. For the driven one here, or the activists, the pragmatic ones here amongst us, you might find it difficult just to be still. I want to give you these four, four ways that I've, I've tried and I'm, I'm feeling like these are helpful to me and uh, I just thought it might be helpful to you. Okay, so the first one is desire and dream with God. As we begin to discover that God's desire is for relationship with us, and this comes in all kinds of different forms, whether it's prayer, worship, silence, reading, for some of you, journaling, dancing, painting, music. We're desiring and we're dreaming, we're partnering with God who gives us that desire in the first place. But there are all kinds of ways we can pray. pray. Um, there's all kinds of ways we can become alive and connected with, with the Father. And like in any relationship, the more you know each other, the easier it is to carry on that conversation. Uh, what we're not doing, and if you've heard this or if you felt this, I'd like you to flush it right now. Just imagine you're at a toilet and you've got some of the lies. I just want you to flush some of these lies away. We're not petitioning a distant God. It's a lie. God's not a distant God. And we're not hoping and praying that he hears us. We can flush that. He is hearing us. What we can do is instead be confident that our Father not only hears us, wants to answer us and the number one way that we dream with God we partner with God as I want to propose is through um, meditating on scripture taking some of the scriptures and chewing chewing it over just like a cow they have different you know they chew the cud and they regurgitate the it's a beautiful picture but they <laughs> they regurgitate they they bring it back up to chew it over and over again. So sometimes what I do is I take a scripture and throughout the day, I just learn it and memorize it and speak it out and pray it and try to kind of regurgitate it. Meditation isn't a, where we switch off. Meditation isn't like a new age form of meditation where they're trying to silence your brain. Meditation is actually... Um, regurgitating if you like remembering reminding yourself of of the scriptures reminding yourselves of the truth and uh, so you can do that every day so some people sing sing the scriptures some people will just write down the scriptures and have them on cards uh, so i used to uh, when i used to uh, travel around sort of london and southeast i would have some scriptures just writ written on my on a post-it note and have them in my car so as I was driving, I would just take some scriptures and read them and pray them as I was driving. So number one way to dream and uh, partner with God. Number two, meditate and pray these biblical prayers. Um, there are hundreds of prayers in the Bible. You know that? There's, there's prayers that we can use. For some of us who feel like we can't pray the scriptures, there are hundreds of prayers that we can use. 
Um, in the New Testament, there are about 20 or so of these uh, apostolic prayers that, have, that uh, Paul and Peter wrote for the church to pray. Uh, and they're found in the New, New Testament. They're springboards for our own prayer life. So sometimes I would take some of these prayers, I would, I would memorize them, and I would just simply pray them over people. Or I'd, if I'd forgotten certain words, I'd take, I'd take the Bible and just pray some of the scriptures over people. Uh, one, of my f- one of my friends uh, a few years ago, he, he, became, a, he became, a, became a follower of Jesus, and he was struggling to know how to pray. And I showed him this, this prayer in, in Ephesians 1. And it just says, for, the, for our God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him. And, I, and so people would come down the front and get pr- prayer for. And I said, just take the Bible and read that prayer over that individual. And uh, he was a bit nervous, but towards the end of the service, people came forward. And I said, oh, go and pray for that guy. Go and pray for that guy. Gave him the Bible, gave him the, the reference. And I just said, all you have to do, lay your hand on his shoulder and just pray that scripture. And so he prayed that scripture over, over this person. This person started crying. He came back to me. He was a new follower. So he, he said, swear word, that really works, swear word. <laughs> and then he said, swear word, I'm sorry, I've just sworn. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, the Psalms. The Psalms, the, some of the Old Testament prophetic writings have hundreds of, of prayers. Um, later today or maybe tomorrow, I'm going to post a document with some of the prayers uh, in the Bible that you can use. And I'll post it on our BBC community Facebook group. So if you're on there, keep an, keep an eye out for that. Um, you go onto Facebook and you look up BBC community and then you can ask to join. Okay, number three. Praying biblical prayers is fantastic. Really, really fantastic. Number three, add worship or creativity in your prayers. Um, We believe that worship, sung worship, accomplishes something no feature of any human experience can. What we've seen time and time again, that worship... It renews us, it orientates us towards God, it increases our receptivity to God, it strengthens us. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, One of the things that I want to suggest it does is it helps us forget about ourselves uh, and focus on God. It helps us to get ourselves away from navel-gazing and orients us towards God. He's the essential reality in the universe. In, uh, in the, we- the West, this is very glamorous, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it was written in mid-1600s. People are nodding, so. <laughs> um, and it was written to help, uh, help to get some theology into new believers, but also to bring unity in the church between England and Scotland. I'm not sure we're there yet, but it was, it was written to help people to kind of come up with good, good theology. And there are about 90, 95 questions. The first question says, what's the chief end of man or mankind? What's the chief end? Question number one. And the answer is, man's chief end 
is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It's amazing. I love that. Just leave it right there. Um, here, here at Vineyard, worship is one of our highest values and priorities. We believe in a God that is to be worshipped. Um, and here, a few, few years ago, probably 2012, five years ago, we felt as though God was going to send us worshippers and musicians and singers and songwriters uh, in unprecedented ways. Um, I, just because I'm nosy, would you stand, if you're able to, if you are a singer, musician, worship leader, songwriter, or lift up a hand? Just, just stand up for me. Just stand up. amazing it's amazing thank you thank you thank you um you may not have a worship band in your home you may not be able to have like a five-piece worship band in your home uh, but whether it's worship songs on your phone uh, worship opens our hearts to pray music we believe helps to keep the fire of prayer intercession burning day and night because it sets the focus on god and I, I want to propose also that other forms of creativity do that. Painting, journaling, writing, dancing. I'm going to say flag waving with a tiny little... Um, flag waving's popular in some churches. Um, we've got some other rooms that you may be able to do that in. I went, we went to one... I, love, I used to flag wave. I used to flag wave, and we went to one conference, and there were so many flag wavers that my friend and I started a hashtag, um, hard hat zone, <laughs> because we kept getting whacked by some of these flags. But it's awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, last one. Number four, and then we're going to pray. Number four. Uh, join and learn from others. Pray with others. Uh, as part of our launching of a, in January, we're going to launch a month of prayer. We're, is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are launching a month of prayer in January. And as part of us launching, launching a house of prayer, we, we're excited to intentionally spend a whole month journeying together into God and into his presence. And so we're, we're turning Restore, our base in two-minute walk from here, into a prayer space, which will be open throughout the day, and we're going to have different themes. So we're going to have a theme on how do you journal? We're going to have a, probably a theme of how, how do we do silent prayer? I may or may not be there. <laughs> and so we're going to have these different prayer slots. So uh, as we gather for corporate prayer... Next week, I don't know if we've got another slide. Next week, we would love for you to, to journey with us. And so uh, at Hoppus One, at Restore, we're going to meet and we'll share uh, Lou Hardy's. Uh, she's going to share some of the vision for our month of prayer. Uh, so come along next week, at, next week at half one. So we must pray. We believe it's the hour to pray with all the things that, that, that are going on. We need strategy from God uh, to go deep with God as we intercede for our nation, as we intercede for our city, 
as we intercede for the government in this, uh, in this nation. We also need to pray for families, communities, as well as our own hearts. We believe this is only increasing, this, this movement of prayer, as the Lord is raising up prayer movements and prayer rooms all across the nation. And just like Farah, who, who I spoke to, who's now back in Dubai, her life has never been the same because of that, that moment, of, moment of prayer. What we're going to do now is we're going to pray together. And uh, I've, I've just gonna, we're going to pray with some spice. We're going to pray with something different. So I think we've got some baskets coming around. What we want to do is we want to do two types of prayer. Uh, what are going to come around are some baskets of coffee beans. And um, we want to, we wanna, as, as different sections, pray for coffee beans are bitter. Uh, as for some of you, as you eat the coffee beans, you might be thinking of issues of justice that are going injustice that are happening. You might be thinking of s- slavery that's happening, people being uh, persecuted, Christians being persecuted, uh, children and women and men being caught up in slavery. It might be that, or it might be that in your own circumstances, you know people that there's just um, there's some issues that they're facing. So as they hand it round, just grab, grab a coffee bean and eat it. Um, it is gluten-free. <laughs> All of kind of those disclaimers about dietary requirements. Um, but gra- grab a coffee bean and then now join, join in groups of threes and fours and pray for, as you feel led, for, for issues about, that are going on in our country or around the world to do with slavery, injustice, or for people that in your own life that need some, some strength or need some changes, um, and then we'll do that. So do that for now. We've got two or three minutes to do that. Go into threes and fours. Off you go. Eat the coffee bean now. So turn, turn in twos and threes. We're going to just pray for two or three minutes. Issues of injustice, slavery. The coffee beans are fair trade. The coffee beans are fair trade. Stir us to pray for issues of injustice. Isaiah 58 says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke? It is not to share your food with the hungry and to provide uh, the poor wanderer's shelter. When you see the naked, clothe them. And not turn them away from your own flesh and blood. But then your light will break forth like the dawn. Then your healing will appear quickly. And your righteousness will go before you. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will will cry for help and he will say, here I am. 
So now the basket's going to come round and grab a mint, grab a fox's glacier if you want that. There is sugar in them. Uh, and what we want to do is just carry on praying, praying for God's sweetness, God's peace. Just like Pharaoh, she experienced the Prince of Peace. As you take, take this, experience God's sweetness and the promise that he wants to bring to, to our city and our nation. So uh, maybe if, if you see a basket, grab one, pass it around, and then carry on praying for God's sweetness to come. And we'll come back in a few minutes. stand and we're going to carry on worshipping and praying for individuals. Jesus, Jesus, uh, when he went crashing through the temple, and if you were here two weeks ago, Viv, Viv talked about it, fantastic talk, and he declared, my house should be a house of prayer for all nations. We believe that God is uh, stirring us with some vision to take Balaam, bring life to Balaam and beyond. And uh, I've just been praying for the last couple of weeks that, uh, that God would take what we do here, what happens in our midst, and we would be catapulted into the nations. I believe there's, uh, I believe, just as I've been praying for you the last couple of weeks, I believe there's people here that you feel compelled to go. You feel compelled to be involved in the nations. Um, and so, as I've been praying, I just imagine a whole bunch of people that would come down who just feel called to other nations of the earth, not just London, but uh, beyond. So if that's you, if you feel like God has called you to another nation or other nations around, or you travel around uh, around the planet, would you come down? We would just simply love to pray for you. Come, come down now, and we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 